0: The following podcast is proudly sponsored by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. If you haven't played Crosswinds before, go and play it right now. There's probably a tea time. Well, maybe not. Uh, It's a fabulous course. You'll love it. 18 holes of championship golf suitable for all levels of play. Gorgeous views of Rattlesnake Point and Mount Nemo along the Niagara Escarpment. Escarpment. And the finest customer service that's allowed by law. Yeah, that's right. You can't find nicer people than those at Crosswinds. It's impossible. You'll feel like a member of a private course when you experience what Crosswinds has to offer. So don't delay because fall golf is here and it's beautiful at Crosswinds. It's gorgeous. In fact, I'm playing there Sunday and I can't wait. I'm hollishing. Mike, look that one up. I'm hollishing to play at Crosswinds. Book your tee time online now at crosswindsgolf.com. Save $10 per golfer if you book online. And when you get there, make sure you tell them Hebsey sent you. Now, Mike, let's begin the podcast. Hey there, sports fans. Welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode number 303. I'm your host, Mark Hebbsher. Toronto Mike here, as usual, uh, dialing it up from the mothership. We've got another great show today. That's 303. No. sorry no that 299 was a terrible show that this is four this will be four great shows in a row i promise you (laughs) we had to have a bobble there the hitting streak ended at 299. (laughs) um we won't get into that uh anyway i feel kind of empty today because i i didn't celebrate there was no celebration of the jays clinching the playoffs there was no parade there was no spontaneous outbursts of people running onto the streets going, yeah, the Blue Jays I won it. But none of that. So we're going to fill that void for you today. We're <laughs> going to dive deep into the Jays and see what they need to clinch home field advantage, which takes on a whole new meaning this year. We'll also get into some other baseball, including the battle for MVP in the American league. It's not so cut and dry. Aaron judge hasn't won it yet. He's no longer leading the triple crown. If he doesn't win the triple crown, Even if he hit 62. Anyway, we'll talk about that. In football, oh my God, the Miami Dolphins have some explaining to do. What the fuck? Their quarterback, who shouldn't have been playing in the first place, carried off the field with another concussion. Oh my God, we'll get into that. That's some serious stuff. We'll talk about the Maple Leafs and their injury problems. Lots of sports media talk, including the news, that neither the Maple Leafs nor the Raptors radio teams will be going on the road this year. Now, I thought it was the other way around, and so did others, but apparently not. And it's official. The award that's named after a racist anti-Semite will get a name change. Finally. So all ahead, but first, let's say say out of Toronto, Mike, at the Mothership in New Toronto. What's going on, my friend?
1: Just doing the Murray here. Love it. Looking forward to the chatter this morning. Every Friday morning, 9 a.m., I get to talk to Mark Hebshire about sports for an hour. I think I'm the luckiest guy in the world.
0: Hey! Well, I'll take that as a supreme compliment. Thank you. What do you want to know today? What's what's in your head today? What's going on with you?
1: I am interested in uh, your comments when we get to it about uh, the fact that, you know, we clinched because was it Baltimore lost or whatever? Like the whole idea that you're not yeah. even playing when you clinch and suddenly, the, you know, then social media, all the tweets are going out. Blue Jays clinch. It's like, oh, and then but then my thought and I want to hear what Hebsey thinks. But then my thought is like, oh, like, should we be really celebrating a wild card clinch anyways? Like
0: maybe we should. Yeah. Save it, so. Yeah. Because we were one win short last year. Right, because earlier this year we were going. This fucking Charlie fucking Montoya isn't getting the best out of this team, right? What were they four games above five hundred when he got fired? And Schneider's been sensational. So I don't think there was any. I don't think at any time in the last month, maybe more, Mike, was I concerned that they weren't going to make the playoffs? I I kept thinking they should. They could be better. They should be better. They they should be better.
1: Agreed. And they may
0: get better. But i There was not any time that I can think of. It was oh my god, they're screwed, because look at their look at their competition for the wild card. Look at these schmageggies. I mean, come on, Tampa <laughs> and Seattle. spaghettis They're fucking. They're horrible. Both teams are shit. I mean, no matter which team the Jays play, they should be able to wipe them out. They got the starting pitching. They got everything else. We'll get into all that stuff. You want you want to go with baseball? You want to talk about it, man?
1: yeah i definitely My want to baseball. baseball and quick before you get into baseball 2022 style i can't yeah. remember the jays ever clinching anything in the past where we didn't play like uh we weren't no. playing well, i think well, every well. single clinch has been on, on a blue uh, uh, jay win
0: how many clinches have we had Mike? well
1: 85 89 99 85 90, we know okay 85 we
0: know about that one we know about right. the clincher in 85. Uh, right? 89 so i Alexander. think
1: we, we beat the orioles i think i'm trying to remember now but yeah, 89 yeah. there was a clinch yeah, exactly. how was that one do you remember
0: no, I don't. I okay. don't 91, 92,
1: 93. When did the, you
0: mean, when did we clinch? No, because no one remembers when you clinched, because once you're in the playoffs, the memories come from those playoff games. We remember Bautista in 2015. We don't remember the day the Jays clinched to get into the 2015 playoffs. Do we? I do. I have do you remember famous. that? Do you I remember, uh, remember
1: when I Mary Clinchmas. This was a big deal because we hadn't clinched since 93. Which okay. is a long, was a long
0: time ago, but all yeah. Right. You're just, now you're going down a rabbit hole here, man. Remembering, Cle- hey, remembering big home runs and who caught the home run ball. That's another one. Of course, the Joe Carter home run. Well, No fan caught that one. Well, what about that Bautista one in 2015? The, well, no, I don't remember that. Oh, well, of course the Aaron Judge one, but no. Now, had all these home runs taken place after the retrofit of this stadium, where every ball hidden over the fence is going to be caught by a fan, no matter what. Right. Okay. And they were going over the other day was like, okay, of all the home runs hit at, at, at the dome of all the home runs hit have more not been recovered by a fan or have more been caught by a fan. We're talking home runs, not foul right. balls. Right. And I think the answer is I think most, I think a lot more have bounced back into the field or into a, into the bullpen, into the, yeah, the bullpen. but not into the hands of a fan. That's just me. I'm no scientific poll. Don't know. Someone I'm sure has gone over every home run ever hit or will soon to determine what percentage was caught by the fan. That's a whole other story. Let's get into this baseball thing because this, again, yesterday, I was like, Jays clinch. Hey, you know, JD Martinez hits a home run for Boston. Yeah. Afternoon, the afternoon that the Jays have a day off, which is that's the oddest one. They're off that day. They're off with a chance to clinch. They're off. So what are the players doing? Well, I don't know yet. It's too early in the morning. I haven't gotten any reports as to what happened yesterday, but I'm sure at some point they were like, Hey, you want to get together and see us clinch, you know? Yeah. Okay. Later on, whatever. And then the texting and then, all right, are we going to party? Like did they all run down to the dome and party in the locker room or I hope did, not. Did they rent out a room in somebody's condo and say, hoo!" hoo, hoo. did, did, did they all get together, you know, uh, via their devices and, uh, you know, zoom. I don't know. We'll find out because I'm sure that's what the reporters are going to ask today when they see the Jays, right? How how did you guys celebrate? What happened? Who was, you know, that'll be a good story. Oh, we're in the playoffs. We're in. But are the Blue Jays playing playoff style baseball, Mike?
1: Have they been? Been a little sloppy lately, Hebsey, in my opinion. Base running,
0: it's been a little sloppy. All right. So the answer is, of course, no, they're not. But here's why they backed in. Because both Tampa and Seattle are playing like shit. They are. They don't have the teams. Look at the rosters. They neither Tampa nor Seattle. The problem is both Tampa and Seattle had better records against the Jays. So if there's any tiebreaker here, let's hope there isn't. There shouldn't be. But if there's a tiebreaker, the Jays lose the tiebreaker. It means they got to go on the road. So you've got to, you've got to secure this number one uh seed, uh, wild card. You have to secure this. You've got six games left, three against Boston and three in Baltimore. Come on. It's vital. It's not just coveted, that first uh, wild card. It's vital, vital, because home field advantage now doesn't mean you get the first two games at home and then you go on the road. That's not even home field advantage. If you lose one of those first two games at home in a regular series, you're screwed. It's like a mini break in, uh, like a break in tennis. Like, you didn't hold serve. But here, no problem. You could lose the first game at home, get your asses kicked and still win the next two. At home, no travel. It's going to be very interesting to watch that this first round of the playoffs to see that the home field advantage is a massive advantage. You've got to have that, but also think about this three more home games, possibly three. That's an extra 135,000 seats sold. Who knows how many hot dogs (laughs) sold? Who knows how much more, uh, you know, memorabilia, paraphernalia concessions. I mean, are you kidding me? The folks at Rogers upstairs are like, Ooh, Maybe it was worthwhile sending Ben Wagner on the road and spending an extra $4,000 to have our games on radio, uh, you know, live. They're going to take in more dough, more dough. So yeah, they got to have, they got to have it and they should get it because let's, let's be honest. I mean, if you can't win four out of six against Boston and Baltimore, maybe you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. And that makes it nearly impossible for either Tampa or Seattle to overtake the Jays or at least tie them. So right now, the Jays are one and a half games up on Seattle, who have an easy schedule, but are playing like horseshit. Lucky to win last night. They blew several leads and beat the Rangers 10, 9, and 11 innings. <laughs> the night before, Robbie Ray got his ass kicked through like, I don't know, 100 and some odd pitches. Mariners are shit, but they own the tiebreaker if there's a tie against the Jays. They got three games at home this weekend against Oakland, and they finished with three games at home against the Tigers. Oh, God. excuse me so if they tie the jays they get home field because of the head-to-head same is true for tampa but they're two back of the jays and they got to deal with cleveland this weekend and then finish up with three games in boston and they're a shitty road team and speaking of the red Sox, would they not love to throw a roadblock into the jays plans this weekend mike if you're a red Sox player you know these motherfuckers we're gonna make it so fucking miserable for them all right we're gonna turn the screws on Cause there's still some work to be done. If you want to gain that home field advantage and Toronto's not been playing well. And the Red Sox are Lucy goosey, Lucy goosey. They just helped the Jays out by knocking off Baltimore and we clinched our playoff spot, but come on, let's clinch that home field. We got Alec Manoa tonight against Canadian Nick Pavetta of the Red Sox. It should be very exciting.
1: How do you think the Jays? So, so you think the Jays are going to win four to six or you think they can even do
0: better? they better win four out of six. Okay. All right? right. And I mean, they could win four in a row and then rest their regulars and, you know, coast in Baltimore. That'd be the best. Right. Just be Boston. But, but you know, uh, I don't want any more scoreboard watching. Just look after yourselves, win games. You're up by one and a half.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Just win. Just win, baby. And, and make no mistake. They are more than capable of running the table. Okay, I mean, the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Houston's the best team in the American League, but it, all it takes is for one guy to get on a roll, and, and more than one guy. Like, what if Laddie and Bo and Springer and Teoscar all start to hit? And Jansen and Kirk and And BGO. Like, what if they all start to hit? What if two of them start to hit? What if two of them start to hit and run the bases properly? <laughs> I mean, look at this team. You're talking about a team that has three solid starters and maybe four. Three solid starters. I mean, Ross Stripling is in the conversation. This guy is, he's your number three. And if Gosman fails, maybe he's your number two. Maybe you go Manoa. I don't know. You know, we'll get into that next week. But they've got a deep and dangerous bullpen. They've got power. They've got speed. They've got several players who are capable of delivering the clutch hit or making the big defensive play, or running the bases smartly and effectively. But lately, they have not been able to deliver that clutch hit. They've not been able to make that that big defensive play. And they've not been able to run the bases smartly. They've given away too many outs after that clusterfuck on Tuesday night where they booted it all over the lot and ran the bases like their pants were on fire and didn't hustle out of the box and got thrown out on back-to-back plays at second base and still almost won the game? They almost won that game after all that. That showed me how really good they can be if they can avoid those fuck ups. And let me tell you, it took something for Buck Martinez. Occasional play by play, man, get up, get up, ball, get up, get up. <laughs> new color commentator. And I think color commentator, that's maybe the wrong expression. Expert analyst, right. honest expert analyst, former Blue Jay player, former Blue Jay manager, longtime analyst, an occasional, sometime play by play guy when Dan Shulman's not there. But when he sits next to Dan Shulman, it's a different role. He can say, maybe he's been told, Buck, go ahead, be an analyst, be honest. He can pretty much say whatever he wants now. And the other night he did. And it was glorious. It was beautiful to finally hear someone on the broadcast, on the telecast, say what was on the minds of every Single fan. And this is nothing against a Rashma or Hazel May or or Tabler or Joe Siddle or uh, Caleb Joseph and Jamie and anybody that's part of that broadcast. Okay, nothing against them. But the one guy, the one person on the broadcast who is paid to me to tell it like it is, is the analyst, is the person sitting next to the play by play person. I've been doing it. Sitting doing this podcast for crying out loud. How many times have I bitched about the Jays being lollygagged when running out ground balls? Ever since young Hervis Solarte. <laughs> Every single time I watch a guy, he hits a ball and he doesn't hustle out of the box. Right? And you know, 99 times out of 100, he's going to get thrown out of first base anyway. But that one time, where the shortstop bobbles the ball or the throw is wide. And then the guy who makes the the, the bad play still has time to recover because the batter runner wasn't hustling out of the box. I hate that. I hate it. It's lazy. It's the equivalent of William Nylander not wanting to go into the corner to get the puck. That's all it is. Fucking hustle. And Vladdy's the leader of this team. And he just doesn't hustle out of the batter's box. And he never really has. And I've called him on it before, but, but he's such a great player. And he said, you know, and it cost him the other night. And he got called out by Buck on the air. And then by Schneider afterwards, you said he talked to him. And then the next night, what does Vladdy do? The very next night, he he hits a grounder. He doesn't run it out. So you can't have that. If you're going to win playoff games, man, you cannot have that. You got to hustle. You can't be bobbling a ball. Look at how often the Jays take advantage of other teams' mistakes. That kinder Falefa the other day, I'm trying to think which, the first game, I guess on the Monday, he couldn't, this guy couldn't make a play if his life depended on it. And we took advantage every single time. He hesitated, couldn't get the out. He hesitated, bobbled the ball. Hesitated, made a bad throw. We beat it out every time, every time. So the Jays aren't the only team to make mistakes like that. But yeah, man, you got to cut down on those mistakes. you got to. And by the way, that whole series of events that took place where we kept getting thrown out, where we should have scored four runs that inning. Um, Schneider had challenged that out call on Bo Bichette, that one where he like, his foot wasn't on the base? Like the hidden ball trick? Like that was something out of the bad news. Like you're telling me a prof- is a professional player. He just doubled. He's got the inning alive. The crowd is going out of their fucking minds. And, and he didn't know where he took his... He took his hand off the bag and then he, his foot wasn't on the bag. Like I watched that. And then, and even, it was so wild that when it happened, I said, cause I'm watching the game by myself. I went, wait a minute. He just got tagged out. But on the broadcast, they ran a replay and Buck and Dan were like, as if something never happened, they didn't catch it. They weren't watching. They didn't see the, I guess it was the second baseman sneak in and, 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 you know, right. tag Bo. And then for a good 15 or 20 seconds, they're showing a replay. And then they're, and then they're going, oh, what's going on? Which was just, I don't know. Like, did nobody? Real, was I the only one? I don't think so. Right? Everyone in the ballpark saw it happen. I know that because they were, Ugh! but the announcers, they missed it. They missed that. But it was really odd. Very, very strange. So he takes his foot off second base. He's tagged out. Can you imagine if that happened in the playoffs? Imagine Mike, you know, playoff game. Anyway, so they challenge. Even though Bo runs off the field, like he knows he fucked up. He knows his foot wasn't on the base. He feels awful. So he runs into the dugout, and and, and now they're they're challenging it? Like Bo just, he knows he screwed up. So they blow the challenge, right? Challenge is overturned, and on the next play, I think it's the next pitch, Vladdy hits that shot to left field, and he's admiring it. He's admiring it. And then, oh, shit, it's not going out. And then... And then he compounds the problem because then he rounds first thinking, oh, I got to make up for it. And and trying for a double and he's called out, but I'm watching this. And as I see it happen in real time, I go, no, he didn't tag Vladdy. But Vladdy just got up and and ran to the dugout. He just, he didn't even think about it. But if you watch the replay, the tag is on Vladdy's helmet, which is flying off his, as as he's going head first into second base, his helmet flies off and the tag, the infielder, Tags the helmet, the flying helmet, and I looked at it a couple of times. I'm pretty sure I looked at it like it was the Zabruder film, frame by frame. I'm going, I don't <laughs> think, I don't think that Vladdy was tagged, but Vladdy was so embarrassed that he just popped. He was like, oh, "I fucked up," and he just popped up and hey and left. Did that him. helmet but, land back on his head? No, okay. no, it, helmet didn't land back on it. But what happened was, so the infielder, as he's going to tag him on the head right? The helmet's flying out towards the infielder and the, and the infielder goes and it hits the helmet and Vladdy's left hand gets into the base. But he thinks for sure, because it's bang bang, that he's been right. tagged out and he's embarrassed and he knows he's out. Like, mm-hmm. But had they looked and, and been able to challenge, they could have challenged that play. And I'm pretty I'm not pretty sure, but I think they might have looked at it and gone, you know what? He never did touch Vladdy. Huh. Vladdy would have been safe. The inning would have kept going. We might have won that game, but that's neither here nor there. What a clusterfuck. <laughs> It was, that was a bad move there. Anyway. So what do we got? We got uh Manoa tonight, right? The guy is unbelievable. He's your stopper. And by the way, stopper is not a for relief. A stopper is your starting pitcher that comes in and stops a losing streak. And the Jays have lost, lost two in a row to the Yankees. So here your stopper is Alec Manoa. Okay.
1: Can I ask a quick question back to the Bo Bichette uh, when he came off the bag there? So he's, he's clearly safe at second. then he, he goes off the bag and gets tagged like the good play by the defense there. Now uh, did they rule that a double or a single? No,
0: it's a single. He wasn't clearly safe at second base. The umpire never made a safe call. Okay. See what happens on those plays is if there's a possibility that the play has not ended, right. And on those plays, they like they wait for the infielder to make the tag. And then the ump will just, you know, spread his arms out safe or whatever. Right. So the ump never did make a safe call. He might have, I mean, he wouldn't have had to have gone, you know, safe. He bows in there easily. Right. But he's waiting now because the ball comes in, the umpire is waiting and it's pretty obvious that Bo has second base, but right. the ump is looking going, you know, his foot isn't on the bag. And as soon as the ump sees the infielder sneak over there, he has to be paying attention because this happens all the time. The infielder will keep the tag on a player after a stolen base or whatever, in case the player, you know, the old days of the hidden ball trick, players got to keep his foot on the base. Sure. And so this happens now. And Bo would not have been credited with a double because he was never considered safe at second base, right? That's a weird kind of a scoring play.
1: Yeah, he didn't have control. It's almost like I have to have control of the That's ball right. to get the other game. Yeah, out. he
0: wasn't He wasn't officially considered safe at second. Right. But he had gained the bag, but the play was not over, right? The, right. Play, the play wasn't over until the umpire made a call, safe or out. Gotcha.
1: That would have
0: ended gotcha. the play. And then once he makes that call, the ball is dead. The call has been made, sort of type of thing, right? continuation oh, yeah. i think it's called cool. a continuation play continuation you never hear that in baseball but that's basically what that would be yeah
1: so there's a single for bichette uh, single right. for bichette, bichette and
0: he's thrown out at second base whatever right. it was eight four whatever the scoring play is and then you would make a designation in your scorecard saying uh um foot was not on the bag um never never gained the bag was tagged out
1: now i want to talk aaron judge a lot yeah. of eyeballs out. i want to talk aaron judge but just before that there's been a very interesting discussion that Kind of broke out on your YouTube channel. Everybody broke out Friday at nine a.m. It <laughs> broke out. Yeah, we're live on NBC's YouTube channel, and the discussion was about okay. So I think Brian Gerstein mentioned he was a big Montoyo guy. He thought he was the right guy, and you and I have been saying since day two that he was the wrong guy. But anyway, uh, that Montoyo will he ever get another job managing another major league baseball team? And no. then the, the discussion was, and this is interesting, I think, and I'm because you've been there since day one. Has any Blue Jay manager ever been fired? And I can think of one in my head. But has any Blue Jay manager ever been fired by the Blue Jays and then went on to become the head, uh, the the manager of a major league? Jimmy ball Williams. Club? Yeah, that's the only one I can think of, Jimmy Williams. But has any other well,
0: Blue Jay manager Carlos ever been fired? Carlos Tosca, no. Um, what's his name? Tim Johnson, no. Uh, Cedo, no. Cedo, no. don't know Jim Fergosi after he managed the Jays, no. Gibby, um, no. Uh, Bobby Cox wasn't fired. And was yeah, he fired. I'm just trying to think who was fired, too. That's the other right. thing.
1: Uh, Farrell quit to go manage the Red Sox. Right?
0: John so- Gibbons was fired and came back, right?
1: But he came back to the same team. I mean, like any other team.
0: You've answered your own question. Okay, so it's
1: Jimmy Williams, as far as we know. Let us know if you can think of anyone else. Okay, let's talk about the judge.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So what a week it was. Right. And uh, the judge thing uh, and he still has some business to take care of because he's looking for home run number 62, which would make him the official all time leading single season home run hitter in the American League. But not in the major leagues because of the discussion with the steroid users and whatever. And you know what? I'm neither here nor there on that one. If you want to consider Barry Bonds as 73 to be, that's fine. You know, put a little star besides it, or just have a list of, you know, the steroid era, home run and non-steroid, right? So, you know, for Roger Maris Jr. to say, you know, he that, that, that Aaron Judge has the clean record. I kind of like that. Okay, he's got the clean record. And Barry Bonds has the dirty record, and Sammy Sosa is part of that dirty record and Mark McGuire's part of that dirty record. Right. There you go. So here's the problem with judge. Mm-hmm. He's not going to win the triple crown now. Mm. All those times he came to the plate and all those times he was walked by the Jays are great for his OPS and his OBP, but not for his BA. Right. Because what did he have two hits in the series? Had a single in his first at bat. It depends how you look at it. 30- you think not bad because they're not at bat. So no, he lost in the batting race. He's losing in the batting race. He's two points behind. Uh, what's his name? Uh, bu, 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 I'm trying try to think of the guy's Luis. Luis. Oh, Luis Are Areas. Right. Areas of the twins. He's at 315 to 313. Now you got six games left. All right. And you and you're you're are you more concerned with setting the record for the home runs or winning the triple crown? You're Aaron Judge. Base hit up the middle would be great, Aaron, but you're stuck on 61 homers, right? So are you yank trying to, in other words, if he goes one for 14 down the stretch or one for, or two for 21 down the stretch, but he hits that 62nd home run, but he loses out on winning the triple crown.
1: I got the feeling watching him the last several games.
0: And what wins the MVP, the 62 homers or the triple crown?
1: That's a great question. That's a great question. But I just say watching Aaron Judge play that game at the dome, uh, the series at the dome, he didn't seem to be chasing that home record. Like no. he was really uh, patient at the plate, took a lot of walks. Like every time he was up, it looked like he was gonna he was walking. But well, the
0: guy's got a hundred and some odd walks this yeah, year, yeah. so he knows how to walk, oh, uh, and he knows the strike zone. But you're right, he wasn't. Yeah, he 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 made. I mean, when you hear it. all these people go, "No, eh, they walked him," I got news for you. I mean, how many times does he intentionally walk? Was it once? I don't even know. But I mean, a lot of times that you know, they went to a three, two count and, and he didn't chase uh, what ended up being ball four. Right. Right. You know, that type of thing. So what I'm saying to you is, is that the rarest of rare is more home runs in a season than any other player. No doubt. And judges won away from that in the American league. Anyway, but winning a triple crown. Okay. (laughs) That's pretty good. I mean, that's pretty cool. Like not as many, like, how many people could say they won a triple crown? So I'm just oh man.
1: It's been a long time. He would be awesome if he could, it would
0: be amazing if he did both. Imagine. <laughs> and if he did both, he would be the MVP. If he set the home run record and won the triple crown, he's the MVP. But <laughs> if he doesn't do both, there's this guy, Shohei Otani. And I know, I know he played for you. But listen to this. Last night he took a no-hitter into the eighth inning against Oakland. Wow. This guy finished with a two-hit shutout. He struck out 10. He walked one. He is him and Alec Manoa and Verland. And these guys are the best pitchers in the game. Oh, by the way, he also had two hits in an RBI. And who owns the longest current hitting streak in the major leagues this year? Who? Shohei Otani. 14 Amazing. Like, right now. So on the season, Mike, listen to this. Yeah. He's 15 and eight with a 235 ERA. He's batting 275 with an 887 OPS, 34 homers, and 94 RBI. Both. Both. He can do both. So the only way he gets beaten out for MVP is if somebody hits, makes, wins the triple crown. To me, but it would be unbelievable if a Judge sets the record and then doesn't win MVP because of Otani. The yeah. same way, Mike, the same way that mm-hmm. Ted Williams hit four oh six in nineteen forty one and didn't win the MVP because there was this DiMaggio guy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Which yeah. is the greater feat, Mike? Which is the greater say, feat? What Otani is doing, or I think what Judge a, is doing?
1: I think uh, what Otani is doing is by far the greatest feat. Like, let's it's not get not by it here. far. It's
0: not by far. It's not. Yeah. It's amazing. Like he's but the only Otani
1: we can point to in the history of this game, right? Like, right. you know, you can talk about Babe Ruth as a good pitcher, but it's nothing. And this,
0: this is a whole. This so is unicorn. Is this so? Here's the question: Is this season by Aaron Judge one of the greatest seasons in baseball history?
1: Sure, it's is, one of the greatest seasons in baseball. Is it? Is it? Well, of course, to win the Triple Crown with one home runs. Is it uh, one of the
0: greatest seasons in history?
1: <laughs> well, let's hear
0: what you think. No, it's not. It's a very, very good season. It's an outstanding I mean, that's a high bar season. you've got, yeah. No, I don't. If the guy's hitting 313. He won a batting title hitting 313, 315. Hmm, I wouldn't consider it anywhere near. The home run numbers, terrific. The RBI numbers, not, not even close to hitting 184, or 190 RBI a season, right? So, the OPS, yeah, very, very good. One of the greatest seasons, no. No. A, an outstanding season. By today's standards, absolutely. But in all of Major League Baseball, like when he hit number 61, and people, history, history. What history was made? What? What history was made? He tied Maris. American record.
1: League record was tied
0: tied was tied mike was tied
1: tied yes
0: history history
1: no the next no. one's the big one but i've always been saying that but but Hebsi, hold on even if aaron judge wins the triple crown otani should win mvp this year
0: i don't think any player that's ever won the triple crown has not been the MVP. And I don't know how many years they've been giving out the MVP award. They, they didn't give it out back before. I think it was the fifties maybe before that. I don't think there was an MVP really. I don't know when they did it. Um, and so that and there was a Cy Young winner, the batting champion, I guess was the closest thing to the MVP, you know, cause winning the batting title was a big deal. And if you won the triple crown, well, you were, you were the de facto MVP. And they were winning a lot more triple crowns. There was more guys winning triple crowns back in those days. Right. Right. Ducky Medwick won a triple crown for the Cardinals. <laughs> Ducky Medwick won a triple crown. Oh, do you have his baseball card? <laughs> I do. I actually do. Um, so that's a great discussion. What, which is greater. But to me, like, and I've said this before. Otani is a special, special person and always will be. But I mean, to be at the top of your game in two different disciplines, yeah, is remarkable. I'm trying again, it would be like winning the Vesna trophy and winning the scoring championship. Like it's right. Anyway. Now have we all grew up with batting <clears> average <throat>
1: being, uh, you know, we always looked at batting average, right. But today you, you can't even It's hard to find the batting average. When you go to the dome on the screen, like it's o- OPS is a, like a far more important, like stat, like maybe, and this is, uh, Timothy on your mm-hmm. YouTube channel, mm-hmm. suggesting it. but maybe the triple crown has changed. Like it's home runs RBIs and OPS. Like, maybe batting average is anti. No,
0: no. And I'll tell you why. There are certain players that are not power hitters, and you can't take away from them because they can't hit it out of the ballpark. Right. But if they can get on base more often than not, like Rod Carew wasn't a home run hitter at all. Right. Why would you punish a guy that can, that, that when there's runners on base, this guy can deliver a hit more often than another guy? In other words, he's batting 350 and you're batting 250. Yeah. Like a Tony
1: oh, Gwynn not. and all those guys. Right. Yeah.
0: Whereas if a guy with an 887 OPS is up versus a guy with a 722 OPS, Maybe the guy with the 722, you only want a single out of the guy. You're not looking for power numbers. It's a base hit you want. Unbelievable
1: that Otani could have this season. If I had gone back five years and said uh, to you, Mr. (sighs) Hebshire, there's going to be a season like this. And I described this year's season. I'm saying he won't win MVP. I think your brain would explode.
0: Man, like again, I mean, Ted Williams hit 406, didn't win the triple crown. Just so happened he ran into a guy, he ran into a buzzsaw that year, of DiMaggio. This is the same thing the same thing you're Aaron and judge he's always get and I don't know what Aaron guys. judges I don't know what Aaron judge's record is against Otani but to me that would be the ultimate yeah. showdown <laughs>
1: right. the
0: ultimate showdown oh yeah let's see who wins MVP you against me buddy the only difference is that who pitches to Otani when he gets yeah you got to make Aaron judge <laughs> <break>. Otani. <laughs> anyway listen there's also a great race going on in the National League East the Mets hold a one game lead on Atlanta for the division. Whoever doesn't win that division gets the number 1 wild card spot with San Diego getting the 2 spot and the Phillies or Brewers in the number 3 spot of the wild cards. The fading Phillies are just a half game up on Milwaukee for the final wild card. That's going to be some serious scoreboard watching. I'd like to see Milwaukee overtake the Phillies. I like Rowdy Telez. I like I like the Milwaukee Brewers. Good team. Um, so the Phillies or Brewers are going to play uh, whoever gets in as the final wildcard team going to play the Cardinals in St. Louis and the Padres. were going to travel either to New York or Atlanta, whichever team is the wildcard host. The other team between New York and Atlanta gets a buy along with the amazing Dodgers who are one Oh eight and 48 this year, by the way, Mike, you got that 60 games over 500. Wow. One Oh eight and 48.
1: the amazing Dodgers
0: let's go to football now and um not a great story to tell you Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa was carted off the field on a stretcher last night after he appeared to experience his second head injury in less than a week when he was violently thrown to the ground hitting his head on the turf the injury came four days after the NFL Players Union began an investigation into the Dolphins handling of another head hit sustained by Tagovailoa just uh, four days earlier against Buffalo. We all saw that. He he got up, he staggered, he fell. He was concussed. He was out of it. And he ended up coming back in the game. And they said it was a back injury. Anyway, the NFL said this week that it welcomed the investigation that uh, Tagovailoa's new injury is certain to renew questions about the league's concussions protocols concussion protocols, leading concussion and CTE experts maintain that these hits can cause lasting damage, permanent damage to the player. The Dolphins said on Twitter that uh, Tagavaloa had movement in all of his extremities after a very shocking and disturbing uh, 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 episode where his hands were trembling. It was just, oh my God. They kept showing the replay of it too, which was gross. Um, he's, they said he's going to travel home with the team. Uh, Last night, uh, the Dolphins lost 27-15 to Cincinnati. Really, the final score is, you know, sort of an afterthought. This was a scary moment, Mike, especially after we saw Tua stagger and fall against the Buffalo Bills. And then what? He came back, and then the Dolphins, they said, oh, yeah, like protocol was breached. No, it wasn't breached. It was a back injury, said the Dolphins. And the back injury, first thing I thought of a back injury, isn't that sort of like, you know, when, Domestic assault victim says, oh, I fell down the stairs. Or I walked into a door to explain how they got their bruises. Like, that's just, like, that's unconscionable, Mike, that, that the Dolphins could do this and there should be a serious invest, and people should be fired. The leading concussion and CTE experts are saying people should be fired for allowing him to go back. He wasn't even supposed to play against Buffalo, and he did. He got concussed. They said it was a back injury. He came back into the game. Like through, like played great. And then, and then four days later, man, they're starting him again. Oh man, this
1: is all such scary stuff, man. I'm thinking of that, you know, Aaron Hernandez documentary. Now I'm thinking about what we we know about CTE here today and what what can happen with compounding head injuries, the concussions that compound. I mean, it's scary
0: I'll tell you a story. Carl um, Lindros, the father of Eric and Brett Lindros, told me, I'm going to say probably 20 years ago now, when Brett Lindros was first injured with a concussion and Eric had had concussions, was, had had his own concussions, Carl uh, Lindros told me, explained to me what the neurosurgeon had told him about concussions. How that, if you, your first concussion, if you don't fully recover from it, mm. if you don't allow the, the brain fluid because the jarring hit he explained to me so the jarring hit what it does is it is the fluid goes down and until it can reach come back to its normal levels any subsequent hit the damage could be so severe that it could that it would be permanent damage and that the neurosurgeon had said to him if he if he takes another hit before he recovers from fully recovers from that first concussion in other words Before the the fluid in the brain and everything goes back to normal, the risk is extremely high. And when he told me that, I mean, he was shaking when he told me that. And Brett had to retire. He was 21 years old. He had to, because had he taken another hit, that would have been it for his life. And that's when you realize about certain players, you go, oh no, no, he's tough. He's tough. He can take a hit and come out there. And you realize how many players did that? What is that? That's part of the macho thing, right? You can't show weakness. You get right back up there and you play. How many years? Did, how many years yeah. did that go on for? In in professional sports, on. amateur sports, uh, uh, kid sports, and it's still going on. Yeah,
1: like think a junior seau. Think, I mean, I mean, how many examples do we have now? Mike
0: it's- Webster. I mean, listen, like I. Oh God, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been enough done on. It. And did, did the NFL not just settle a 780 million dollar lawsuit <laughs> with the, the 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 victims and their families of, of, of concussions? Like admitted well they didn't admit guilt cuz they never do they did they, they what do they say they said there was no direct link same with batman no direct link i mean meanwhile all these players that we hear about with with oh my god drug problems and and depression and anxiety and everything much of it brought out by the you know the hits to the head it's just all right Enough
1: awful it's awful yeah.
0: Meanwhile, the Buffalo Bills look to bounce back after that loss in Miami. Uh, They travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens Uh, Sunday. Both teams are two and one. Mike, do you know the only unbeaten team in the NFL? I actually actually don't know. The Philadelphia Eagles, three and oh, the Eagles. They're home to the Jaguars on Sunday. Okay, good news came this week. Mm. I'm ready. The The Jean Belleville Award. The Jean Belleville Award has a nice ring to it. Uh, this week, the Toronto Star acquiesced. Finally, they did. Um, they, they decided, uh, you know, their better judgment, that the Canadian Athlete of the Year, the award, will get a new name. And I think it should be awarded to the Canadian athlete who best exemplifies the qualities of Jean Bellevaux. All right? Not only was he part of 17 Stanley Cup-winning teams, including captain of five Cup winners – was also one of several players who threatened to pull out of the Hall of Fame if Alan Eagleson had been allowed to stay. And after, you remember, he was convicted of fraud and embezzlement. Of course. Beliveau was very, you know, very vocal about that. Did not want to be associated with the Hall of Fame if they were going to have um, Eagleson in there. Quick interjection
1: that I talked to Dave Bedini, and uh, Bobby Orr refused to have anything to do with the CBC crew filming the uh, documentary series about the Summit series because they did interview Alan Eagleson for the... uh,
0: yes they did um twice jean beliveau declined offers of of senate appointments declined offers we want you to go to senate no he said no and in 1994 he declined the post of governor general of canada in order to be with his daughter and two young grandchildren after their father had committed suicide he was a jean beliveau's uh, son-in-law was a quebec police officer committed suicide i believe his kids were like three and five And so instead of being governor general of Canada, he looked after his family upon his retirement as a player in 1971. And he won 10 Stanley cups with the Habs as a player. He set up a foundation, which is now part of the society for disabled children. And it has helped assist thousands of underprivileged children throughout Canada. So a champion, a humanitarian, a statesman, a respected man, a trusted man, and a man who checks all the boxes when it comes to representing Canada's athlete of the year but it's the Toronto star that will make the final decision after consulting with its readers. And by the way, Mike, Mm -hmm. Jean Beliveau never won the award named after the racist anti-Semite that it was named after. He never won that award. So it's only fitting that the name Jean Beliveau be representative of Canada's athlete of the year every year from now on. Now you can make a case for Terry Fox, but there is an award. Damian Cox did point it out last year came in the chairman of the uh, committee for Canada's selection committee for Canada's athlete of the year. Um, He did point out that there is a Terry Fox award. It's called the Terry Fox humanitarian award. And, and although we would all agree that Terry Fox was the greatest symbol for determination um, amongst, you know, athletic achievements or or, or thereabouts um, in this particular case here, the award for Terry Fox is more than just a sports award. Um, it's 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 all-encompassing as Canadians. So no doubt, and I had said in the first place, it would be a wonderful name for it, the Terry Fox Award. There already is a humanitarian award, I think the Jean Beliveau Award. And I'm a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. But in this case, there should be no uh, bias. It should, what's the word in politics they use? Nonpartisan. Right.
1: You make a compelling argument, but Lou Marsh, lest let's we forget, was a writer for the, uh, the Toronto Star, and I suspect that, we're going to see something like the Allison Gordon award or something like that,
0: but we'll see. Well, it's up to the star readers. Okay. Up to the star readers. But anyway, that's my two cents worth. Okay. All right. Uh, Injuries have uh, taken a toll on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, By my count, they're down. What? Four defensemen (laughs) Lilligren Muzzin Ben and now Dahlstrom out. So John Tavares is out for what? Like at least three weeks and maybe more with a, uh, was, is it a glute? No, it's a, What's that thing called? That tweak that in the in the hip area. What's he uh, got? Flexor. That's a no, 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 no. What's he got? What do they call that thing? Hammy. Uh, no, no, no. Up there, up, up, up around oh, the waist. Oblique. There. Oblique. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> oblique. Like those angles that they taught you in geometry, the oblique angle.
1: I was sweating uh, with that tough um, biology yeah, I couldn't though.
0: think of it either. Couldn't <laughs> think of it either. Um, so he's hurting. He's out. Pierre Engvall's out as well. Who knows who else is hobbling? It's only training camp. Luckily, they signed holdout defenseman Rasmus Sandin because they needed defenseman. They needed defensemen. They needed defensemen. Um, season doesn't start for a while too. Like what? It's only. It's not even October. It's the last day of September. Crazy. You said you've been watching the seventy-two uh, um, series, the documentary.
1: I've seen the first two episodes, so I have some catching up to do. But have how many been-
0: episodes have there? How many have there been?
1: I, I'm I'm I think there's four in total. I don't know. I know there's uh <laughs> I, I'm the lost track. I have to go into my CBC Gem and see what's there since episode two. But uh, I mean, what I like, I like that it looks kind of like um, a bit. What did uh, Bedini tell me? Like is the the Beatles anthology where uh, Peter Jackson had all that old footage. Like you've seen some new some new footage that seems to have been discovered. So it's not the same old, same
0: old. But are you watching? Do you know what I I I've, I saw the first? Yeah, I saw the first one. Did I see the second one? I'm trying, to, or I saw a bit of it. I don't know. I, I'm gonna. I want to watch them all together, right? I guess I will. But this, the idea of waiting a week to watch the next episode is now foreign to me. I mean, of course, it used to be every viewers have. Well, that's coming it.
1: back, you know. You do know that's like uh, the the streaming services who don't have to do that because CBC airs them every week. That's why they do that. But I mean, the streaming services are bringing back that weekly thing. They like the uh, social media buzz as people anticipate new episodes. I I personally like being able to binge it, so I'm with you, buddy.
0: The only thing is that when you decide to binge it, you have to have a reason. Like you're sick and you're at home and you got nothing else to do or it's a rainy weekend or something. You decide, you know, I'm going to, like, it's like, I'm going to go watch a double feature movie. is the same thing. Come on, it's Saturday afternoon, it's raining. Let's go watch a double feature. You know, back in the day, it's the same thing. And you know what? If I intend on binging something, Mm -hmm. it never works out for me now. It used to, like I said, I watched The Shield, the entire series. Shield When I was sick, sick as a dog for a week and I watched it all. It was right. perfect. I had nothing else to do. But now it's like, i mm, like, I haven't been into succession in a while and I got to get back to it. And man, there's a lot to cover. I don't have the time, but back in the day to say, you know, Thursday nights, eight o'clock. Yeah. I'm watching this show. Or I remember watching HBO Thursdays at nine o'clock when the, or Sundays when the Sopranos. Yeah. That kind of thing. And that those days are gone except for live sports. Right. And the other one is except for the sports shows. 11 o'clock, man. I got to have my Sports Center or my Sportsnet Central. I got to. Top of the hour, somewhere. But the that's dying, too, that's man. The other that's night, dumb. I'm like, every single channel did not, at 11 <laughs> o'clock, did not have, there was no Sportscast to be found. It was very frustrating. On all the channels, there was not a Sportscast. And we don't have like ESPN news like they have in the States, right? We got Sportsnet 360, which sometimes is giving you highlights and sometimes has some other. Man, sure. Like last night, they had on Sportsnet 360, they had the Canada, I forget who they were even playing, FIBA basketball. I want to watch this. I can't find it anywhere. And now it's on Sportsnet 360, but the regular Sportsnet has the Mariners against the Texas Rangers. Like, I don't get that. Same with Uruguay, Canada, and soccer. I wanted to watch it this week. I finally found it on um, Football TV. And, and for the first 15 minutes, nothing. Fucking technical problems. Fuck. <laughs> fucking hate do that. i get Ball tv not unless you subscribe to it hey, okay i thought so okay all I right I, subscribe to it. I got it because that's where the english premier games are gotcha gotcha first okay golf now sanderson farms championship in jackson mississippi world number 69 davis riley is your leader after an opening round 66 nick taylor top canadian minus four adams fenson minus three mackenzie hughes minus one michael gligick from burlington even he must've played. He's got to play. We got to have him out to crosswinds in Burlington. It's our sponsor. I mean, I feel bad, but this, but the golf season never ends down there. Eh? Like once the tour championship happens, boom, like right back to it, another tour event to start the new season. So hopefully Michael we will get him up to play crosswinds. By the way, go to crosswindsgolf.com. I'm going to be there on Sunday. Was there last week, man? It's beautiful. It's fabulous. And fall golf, the colors are changing. It's just gorgeous. It's almost October. The ladies are playing in the Volunteers of America Classic in Texas. Brooke Henderson with a disastrous five over par in the opening round. Top Canadian is Maddie Zurich of London, Ontario. Ever heard of her? She's never heard of you either. Well, she's heard of me. I mean, if her and her family's from London, Ontario, for sure they've heard of me.
1: Maybe not you. I don't know. Well, maybe if they're from Strathroy, because you've, you know, ridden
0: the No, London's close enough to Strathroy. They've heard of me before. Maybe not good things, but they've heard of me. Uh, anyway, Maggie, Maddie, sorry, Maddie Zurich of London uh, shot a 400 par 67, which included a run of five straight birdies on the front nine. I think she's from Texas now. I think the family moved like from London, Ontario to Texas. Anyway, yeah. as reported by Jonah at YYZ Media, and contrary to earlier reports, the radio play-by-play teams for the Raptors and Leafs will not be traveling to the out-of-town games. Now, we had heard differently from... Well, from a really good source that at the time, I guess it was a couple of months ago, was pretty sure that they that's that's what the plans were. But both Bell Media and Rogers Communications apparently did not send any salespeople out to, you know, get some ideas from sponsors, from potential advertisers as to whether, you know, these advertisers might want to, you know spend some more money and help defray the costs of travel and send the broadcasters on the road. Apparently they didn't even look into this according to Jonah. And um, I find it very interesting that people are, people are used to hearing the announcers and not knowing whether they're at the game or not, because the announcers are so good, the Joe Bowens of the world and the Jim Ralphs and the Mark Jones and Eric Smiths and Ben Wagners are so good at what they're doing, watching it off a monitor that the average listener can't tell the difference. So why spend the money?
1: And how many listeners are we talking about here? I don't know.
0: Like if you had to guess,
1: how many different people are tuning into a a Leaf game on uh, the radio?
0: I don't know, Mike. I don't know know how many truckers. (laughs) No, but I I don't know, Mike. I don't know how many people are on the road listening to the radio, listening on their car radio, listening to the stream of the game. Uh, Maybe they dislike who's doing play by play on television. I, I don't know.
1: Because my guess is that if we could get that real number, and we could never get that real number, but if we could get the real number, oh, you can
0: get that. Of course, you can. What do well, you mean you can't get that real number? They, you know, how many people have a
1: PP? No no, 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 no,
0: no, right? no, 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 no. We're talking about radio here. Come on, yeah. radio. You are talking your radio numbers? You got to. should have a pretty good. But remember, radio numbers are not big anyway.
1: No, no. But I mean, radio numbers. You know that, of course. You carry right, a in the PM evenings. Device. In the
0: evenings, radio numbers are not big in the evenings. They're not.
1: No. Okay. So right. So I'm saying if we could get the real number 10, of ten thousand,
0: many- let's say ten thousand.
1: See, I think it. I would take the under every day of the week. No, no, no,
0: Mike, Mike, you labor under the misconception that you're only talking about people in Toronto that live near you that listen. You know what I mean? Uh, the radio, I don't know how many stations are on the Leafs radio network or what their reach Do you think uh, 10,000
1: different people will watch, I don't know, Leafs versus Habs on a Saturday night on the radio?
0: I'm just throwing a number out. You asked Oh, I know, me I know. That. I don't have an answer. What do you think it is?
1: I suspect it's uh, way lower. Like we're talking maybe 1,200 people.
0: 1200 people i don't know you could be right i don't know but obviously they can't sell enough ad time that'll that can you know will allow them to send these broadcasters on the road they're pinching pennies okay
1: cheap sons of guns because they make a lot of money elsewhere.
0: oh don't call them cheap come on don't call it don't say that just because you call them a cheapskate just because their new morning show is two hosts that but combined (laughs) probably aren't making much into six figures combined whereas you know the previous morning show hosts on any Major market radio station are making well into six figures. Uh, Alish Fofar and Justin Cuthbert are the morning team. By the way, last week when I said that they were the official, they weren't even the official morning team. They didn't announce that till later in the day. I assumed that since they were on for four straight days right. in September that they were the new morning, but they weren't. They didn't, it oh. wasn't even like announced until like later that day.
1: Well, once you announced it, they had to make it so. They're like, "We oh, already <laughs> announced it. Let's make it so."
0: Weird, 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 weird. Anyway, um, I've been listening. Uh, they're getting better, but they're taking themselves a little too seriously on the air. And again, it's tough to develop any chemistry if you're if you're <sighs> learning on the job, if you're if you're thrown together. And I'm assuming they were sort of thrown together. It wasn't like, and I don't know. I could be wrong, but I don't think they sent them off for a couple weeks together, saying, "Okay, develop a chemistry here and let's do some dry run shows." I could be wrong, but I don't think so. So it's tough to develop any chemistry. You're learning on the job. You're getting better. And this has been the case with a lot of duos or you know, multiple personalities on a show. It takes time. It takes time.
1: But they're Again, in the same
0: room, right? Yeah, they're sitting two feet from each other across from
1: each okay. other. Okay,
0: okay. Um, here's my suggestion to the two of them. Mm-hmm. Lighten up. Lighten up a bit. Show us some personality. Have some fun. And stop it with the long pauses because dead air on radio is a killer. And listen to Overdrive once in a while because they're the lightheartedness, the it's not that serious. Okay. It's not that serious. It's sports. And by the way, they had Frankie Lasagna on yesterday on, um, on Overdrive. They had Frankie Lasagna on talking about the ball that he almost caught that would have been worth whatever from Aaron Judge. It was funny as hell. <laughs> it was funny as hell because he owns an Italian restaurant right around the corner from me. And he's, and he admitted to them that he hates lasagna. Ah, He hates lasagna. lasagna. And and, and so immediately the, the theme of the interview pivoted, not from, you know, how did he, how close did he come to getting the ball and blah, 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 but it was, wait a minute, you hate lasagna. (laughs) I don't know anyone that hates lasagna. Right. So (laughs) I just thought that was just like, when they first heard the name, Frankie Lasagna, people, yeah, sure. Frankie Lasagna. And is Joe Risotto his buddy? Come on. You know, it was a great joke. It was funny. That's his real name. Francesco Lasagna. (laughs) And he hates lasagna. So that's on his birth certificate. certificate. Lasagna
1: is on his birth certificate. Okay.
0: Francesco Lasagna. That's hysterical. Had he caught. And here's the funny part is he didn't even catch the ball. He didn't even get his glove on the ball. We don't even know the name of the guy that got his glove on the ball, though. it looks like Brittlestar. The guy looked like Brittle Star, the guy that he was upset. He was disgusted. He refused to be interviewed by the media. I think it was Gregory Strong of CP. As soon as the ball was hit out there, yeah. he, he ran out there. He asked the guy in the dark blue, the guy who, who actually got his glove on it. The guy said, oh, I don't want to be interviewed. Then he asked this guy, Larry, who's the buddy of um, Frankie Lasagna, who's wearing a Yankees uh, jersey, right, Who's sitting like two seats away from, from this other dude. And he goes, no, I don't want to be interviewed. And then they asked Frankie Lasagna, who was wearing the baby blue uh, Guerrero jersey and and almost got his glove on it. He reached over and he said, sure, I'll be interviewed. And there you go. So it was like it was Gregory Strong's third choice to be interviewed. The first two declined to be interviewed. The first guy was so upset, he threw his glove at another guy. He was pissed. (laughs) I was like, man, if you would have made that catch, that was a fucking rocket. If you would have made that catch, it would have been Unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh man okay so that sounds like lasagna was a big hit on overdrive but alish and uh justin you think that they need to work on their chemistry this is uh uh it's gonna they take need time. to it's gonna take they, time they need to lighten up a little bit and work They're on chemistry. yeah
0: it's got to lighten up have some fun with each other don't be afraid to you know kibitz around a little bit huh? you know i don't know but that comes Drop more time,
1: yiddish you know? words because that that's the hefty secret
0: that co- i'm hollishing hollishing to play crosswinds did i mention that to you <laughs> and for the, the jays to clinch home field advantage all right that's it episode 303 of hebsey on sports is in the books thanks to toronto mike for production and inspiration hit him up at toronto mike and thanks as well to our fabulous sponsor crosswinds golf and country club in burlington go to crosswindsgolf.com book your tee time online and man you're gonna just love it out there it is beautiful tell him hebsey sent you fall golf nothing better and thanks to you for allowing us into your headspace every Friday or whenever you're listening to this podcast, uh, do me a favor, please write a nice review. Tell some friends about the podcast. Uh, Crosswinds are great sponsor. They don't sponsor us in the winter because people don't play golf in the winter there or anywhere for that matter here. Uh, and so, well, you're always looking for another sponsor that might want to, uh, you know, attach itself to this uh, wonderful show. So share, retweet, like, whatever it takes, write a review, lie. If you have to, Just pass it along so we can get more listeners and maybe more sponsors. Thanks so much. Back with another episode next week. Until then, so long for now.